Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. So I'm going to read to you uh, quite a few passages of Scripture. Um, this is a, a creative title. I got it right out of Genesis 1 and John 1. It took me just seconds to grab hold of it. But in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, I want to read, follow along with with me if you will, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. And I want to talk about in the beginning or the beginning and and I'll, I'll throw something out at the beginning to tell you that wherever this ends, whether it's tonight or next week or three weeks from now, you can't have an ending to something until you first have a beginning of something. It's the alpha before the omega. It's the beginning before the end. The Lord has something for every single person sitting in this room, everybody that's watching online right now, God bless you, thanks for being online and watching, for those that are going to listen this week on a podcast, but every single one, from the youngest child in here, the youngest baby in here, to the oldest person in here, God has a plan for your life. Matter of fact, tap yourself on the chest and say, I ain't no mistake. Go ahead, say it like I said it, I ain't no mistake. Some of y'all are like, I can't say that. That's not proper English. Ending is amazing. But the beginning is the foundation. I believe, and I'm, I'm going to try not to get real heavy tonight, but, but I believe that our nation's about to experience some crazy beyond the last three years crazy. Some of y'all don't want to hear that. But God is faithful to his children. And, and, and what we're going through as a people in the nation of America, can I tell you, is nothing compared to what some of our friends are going through. I spoke this week with one of our friends, and I have to be careful not to say a lot on video, but but I was asking him, so did you and your family, were you and your wife and children, were, were y'all forced to get vaccinated? And he said, he texted me back and he said, nobody in my family's vaccinated. He said, we went through intense pressure because our nation was demanding 100%. And he said, but because we homeschool our children, And because my job is ministry and they don't provide a paycheck for me, they could not do anything but threaten me. But he said, with our convictions, we chose not to be vaccinated. That was their personal conviction. And we talked a little bit about that, and I won't talk on that. But the reality of what some of our dear brothers and sisters all around the world, the globe are going through compared to what we in America are going through. I don't even think we could call anything about what we've gone through even a light affliction. And yet, there is a massive responsibility to we, the church in America. 
And I believe that somehow through whatever God has to do, he's going to wake up the true church of America. My brother-in-law, Suzette's husband, Kirk, and I were spent a lot of time this week together because when we're together with the girls, we're only together at night to, to pay for the meals. We're not allowed to be with them the other time. Well, we're allowed to get up and make them coffee and that kind of stuff. But, but during the day, it's their time. So we're good with that. So we had a lot of time. We're, we're talking, and we were talking about some of the things in ministry. And, and he was telling me he had just done a study and, and, and all this research on, you know, how many times the average Christian in America goes to the house of God or, or is faithful in the church. And, and, and we were talking about all these crazy numbers. And, and he was telling me it's like something like 18 or 19 weeks, the average quote, Christian in America attends the house of God on a weekly basis, about 18 to 19 weeks a year out of 52 weeks. And I said, brother-in-law, I don't know that I can call those kind of folks Christians. Now, I'm not going to sit in the seat of judgment over them. God knows their heart. But, but there are things that we're commanded by Holy Spirit to, to be faithful to. And, and it's for a reason. We cannot grow into the people God has called us to be when we're isolated from the body of Christ. You see, it takes rubbing shoulders, builds character, causes you to be stirred in, in ways you'll never be stirred when you're with people in the body of Christ, unlike when you're by yourself. Because when you're by yourself, you just, you. You argue, but you're just arguing with yourself. You always win. And you always agree with yourself ultimately because whatever you do, you do it based on what you have perceived or believed. It takes, that's why small groups, connect groups are so vitally important. The body of Christ, our gathering, our corporate gathering. How many of you were here last, when did we meet last? Last Saturday evening. How many of you were here last Saturday evening, Christmas Eve? All right, awesome, thank you. The house was packed. Christmas Eve. Today's New Year's. Got a lot of chairs available. Question is why? Why was last Saturday so much more important than tonight? I don't believe it was. Matter of fact, I believe what I got to say tonight is way more powerful than what I said last Saturday night. Because that's already behind us. Next week's going to even be better than today. And the week after that, whoo! Man, I might get raptured. <laughs> Why? Because we're going from glory to glory. And we're needing what God's wanting to do and say in our lives. So I got to get into the message, all right? Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1. In the beginning. Say it out loud. Say it again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Just recently, I was uh, on the internet looking for something, and an advertisement popped up, and, 
And before I knew it, man, I was so intrigued with this thing I was looking at, I bought two of them. <laughs> They're high-powered, military-grade flashlights. Man, I got that thing in the mail, and the first thing I did was went outside and turned that thing on and started shining and looking at the deer. Six deers, double eyes, were popped out at me. I was like, man, I'd been out there a week before with my little flashlight. I wasn't seeing nothing. I got this big old bad boy, and it's just like, Phew. it lit up. I was looking in the trees like, where are all you birds? What, what do squirrels do at night? You ever ask those deep questions? Where do squirrels sleep at night? And what happened? Where do the birds go? I, I'm, I mean, they're everywhere during the day. And I'm, I don't see no bird up there. But man, that light was putting out some brightness. God said that his word says that he separated light from darkness. And man, one of the things I love about the first thing God created was that whenever it's dark, and I believe we're entering into a dark time in our world. The light is going to shine brighter than it's ever shown before in the history of the world. As believers, you don't have to be afraid. As believers that are committed to the fullness of all that God wants to do, you can actually get excited no matter how in the natural it looks. Because light always shines and darkness always flees. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Now, I'm going to let you in your new Bible reading for 2023 catch up and read all of Genesis. But I want you to flip over to John chapter 1. You know where I'm going here. John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. And John starts off his writing, his story, his memory, his, his, his thoughts on all that he had witnessed Jesus do. All the miracles... All the, the feeding of the 5,000, the incredible things he got to witness, the, the messages that he got to hear, and he, and he starts off his letter, his epistle, by going all the way back to the beginning. And he literally begins his letter with the same three words. In the beginning was the word. When Genesis 1-1 comes to life, it's in the beginning, the earth was void, and God did this, 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 and this. For six days he worked. And you know how he worked? He worked with his words. Now, I'm going to try hard not to get bogged down here, but I'm telling you that we as believers have to begin to understand why it is so radically important for us to get in the Word of God and get the Word of God in us so that what comes out of us is we are speaking God's Word. Because the Word 
is powerful. And God created the heavens and the earth and the sun and the moon, the stars and, and the fish and the birds and the squirrels and everything. And then he created man by speaking and declaring and then getting some dust. And he forms man. Man was the only thing that God did not speak into existence. He spoke man, then he formed man. Then it says he breathed into man the breath of God. He breathed into man the breath of God. And man became alive. But in all of that creation, God was speaking. And one of the things that I've experienced in these last three years and three months on my journey was that how important it is for me to speak God's Word over my circumstances. I was telling my sister-in-law, Suzette, because this last year we've gone through kind of a battle together and, and she, she's up there in North Carolina and I'm here and my wife's in the middle and she's, many times I, I would be in bed almost asleep and I'd see my wife walking in circles out in the living room, speaking the word of God over my life, speaking the word over her sister, declaring the word of God, declaring that God's word will not fail. Not just any word but God's Word. See, that's why it's so important for you and I to be in the Word of God because we can't speak. I can't speak Jamie's Word or Philip's Word or Bob's Word. I've got to speak the Word that became alive when I was reading that Word. When I was declaring that word. I don't run around uh, speaking the word that God gave uh, Kenneth Hagin or Kenneth Copeland or Joyce Meyer or, or Billy Graham or Franklin Graham or anyone else. The only word I speak over myself is that the Lord said, you're going to go through this. I'm going through it with you. Every part of the journey. This week I, I got to play golf with my brother-in-law and Pastor Savin and his brother Anwell over in St. Augustine. And it's only this, the second time I played. I played two weeks in a row. And 15 weeks since I had complete uh, left hip surgery. Ten weeks ago, I'll be honest with you, I, I was still you know, using the walker and then uh, uh, elevating to the cane. And I was beginning to wonder, would I ever walk correctly again? And I'm at the golf course, and there is no pain. JR told me like three times, Pastor, when you have surgery, you're going to wake up and say, I should have done it earlier. Man, I've never had any regrets. I'm telling you, since the moment I woke up from surgery, I've had no regret. Now, it took some physical therapy three times a week, man, being yelled at, being told, you got to do this, this, and this. But ultimately, in the last two weeks, just being able to do what I wanted to do, to walk, to play golf, to swing without any pain. Wonderful. And, and boy, I, I, I all, at times I wish that my other journey that I'm going through, it would have been that simple. 15 weeks, boom, it's over, I'm done. 
Met a little old lady. She was walking with her walker at the physical therapy one day when I was coming out about two weeks ago. And, and uh, I stopped her and I said, so did you have knee surgery or hip surgery? She said, oh, I had my left hip replaced. And she said, in four months, I'm going to have my right one done. She's about 80 years old. I was like, whoo, lady, you crazy. She said, oh, no, I can't wait. She said, it's going to be good. She's on, she, it, was a, it was a Monday, and she had had her hip replaced the Thursday before. She's just out there just smiling. She's just walking with her walker, 80 years old. I was like, whoo, give me your name because you're my hero. I don't ever want to have it again. I don't ever want to have the right one needed to be done. But I'm thankful the left one got done. And I'm glad it's history and it's behind me. But, but there are other journeys that we go through that don't correct themselves so quickly. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you have been through rough marriages or rough bout with your children, rough bout with finances or lack of finances. You're going through something and, and you think, man, am I ever going to get through this? Well, you got to find out what the word of the Lord has to say about your circumstance. Because can I tell you, God has something to say about every single thing you're going through in your life or will ever go through. Oh, eight of us believe that. God's word has something to say about everything that you're going to ever go through. And that's why we have to get hold of the word of God. I won't, for the sake of embarrassing me or us, ask how many of you completed Yesterday, your 365 days of Bible reading from last year. I'm believing that every one of you did. I'm just looking out there at people that just love the Word of God, and they just, they're just not going to miss the Word. Up until three years ago, maybe four years ago, I read the Word consistently. Always read the Word when you're preparing to preach. It's a good thing, amen? But just a consistent every single day, Four years ago, I got in the habit, made a decision, made a declaration to myself, no one else, I'm going to read the Word every day without failure. And I told you a couple of stories last year, a couple of days, uh, the day I had my transplant, I, I didn't read the Word that morning. And in, in, in my 300 and whatever many days habitually uh, that, that uh, were there, the next day... Man, it was like somebody slapped me upside. It's like, forget the implant. My Bible reading's back to zero. Wow, did I, was I disappointed with that? I had to realize, man, you just made, you just made something out of nothing there. You just need to go ahead and read and keep on reading. But the reality of it is the consistency of the Word of God. Some of y'all love, devo my wife loves devotionals. She likes a devotional with the Word and then she's going to send it about half the time to the whole family and the other half to the presbytery. My wife, she, man, she reads something and you're on her list. It's coming. I'm like, baby, I ain't got time to read your stuff. I'm, I'm trying to be faithful to my stuff. And last year I read, anybody remember the, what was it called? Oh, none of y'all read it with me. What was it? Something strange. Somebody said it. Four strange. Yes. Uh, man, that was a lot of reading. That's like 35 to 45 minutes every morning. Just pure word. Old covenant, new covenant, Proverbs, Psalms. It was good. This year, and I finished it 
about seven days early. So I finished it last week, Christmas Eve. So I was like, I got to have something right now ready to go. So I did my own search to find what do I want to read this year. And I found something that the International Bible Society put out, 365-day Bible reading plan. And I looked through it, and I liked it, and so I started it a week ago. So I'm seven days into this year's Bible reading. And uh, as I have just been... And, and, and this is the good kind of problem that I didn't used to have. I'm already almost through with Genesis, and I'm only supposed to be on like Genesis chapter 7. But you know how you get into, you can't stop, can you? Man, like right in the middle of Abraham, you're going to stop reading till tomorrow? I don't think so. You know, so, so I'm reading up, and I'm like on day two, day three, day six, day seven, day, day eight. And uh, because some of those stories are so rich. And as you meditate on them and you begin to say, Lord, what can I glean out of this in 2023 that will impact my life? It's not just a story, even though it is a powerful story. Abraham's story, church, is a powerful story. I mean, you just got to get a revelation of Father Abraham had many sons. I, I'm a son of Abraham. How many of y'all are sons and daughters of Abraham? But it wasn't easy for Abraham to walk through what he walked through, to do the whole flesh thing. You know, I'm sure that when his wife said, honey, I'm 90 and it ain't happening. So you can have my maid. I'm going to leave it right there where that is and not even talk about that. But I don't see much restraint among Moses. I mean, Abraham. Yeah, Moses definitely didn't have any restraint. <laughs> But, but, but you know what? Today, because Abraham listened to his wife instead of God, there's still battles going on. Thousands of years later, the battle that rages. There's battle raging in us when we don't get a hold of that word and allow it to impact us the way we need. John chapter 1. Man, you are just messing with me tonight. John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How many of y'all, how many of you've read John chapter 1, the whole chapter? You just breeze through John chapter 1. It's just, you got, some of you got it memorized. You need to go back and slow down. In the beginning was the Word. Same in the beginning as thousands of years before in Genesis 1. Was the Word, and the Word was God. Now understand, and, and I think I have to give credit, you know, I've done this a lot lately, but I have to give credit to the, the movie series, The Chosen, because it just, I, I just am gleaning so much out of uh, this. I know some of y'all, don't watch it, haven't watched it, pray for me because I watch it so much. But I, I have thoroughly just taken so much of the context of this movie as I'm reading the Word of God and seeing things I've never seen before. And, and, and I had never ever before this movie series thought about when John wrote his epistle 
why he wrote it, why some of the other disciples didn't write. And in his writing, why did he, why did he start his epistle? Not with Christ, but all the way back to in the beginning. Because John, along with the other disciples, had been called by the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus, the Son of God. And the reality of it is we read their epistles or their letters and, and we don't really comprehend how, how much and what those boys went through in those three and a half years from being called until Christ went to the cross, died, was resurrected, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and told them, go wait on the Holy Spirit, and when you receive him, you will have power. And that power, my church will be established. We're here today because of what those 12 men received from Christ. And their obedience to walking in it. And one of the things I've loved about The Chosen is it shows, it doesn't show the super spirituality of these 12 guys. It, it shows 12 brothers. And I love one of the scenes where um, the, the Nigerian woman was asking Thomas in response to something that they were talking about and she had seen. And then she turned to the disciples who were just in a circle arguing like crazy. And she said, what do you call that? And Thomas looks at them and he looks at her and he says, I guess in the simplest term, I would call that love. <laughs> Twelve guys just going at it. And I love another scene where, where Simon said, Lord, we're all in love with you and we're all in agreement with you, but you're not always around. And when you're not around, we don't sometimes know how to react or act in response to what we think we should be doing. You ever feel that way about your own life? Man, I know God's God, right? I know Jesus is Lord. I know the Holy Spirit. I can't live without him. But boy, right now, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to lead my family in this or, or how I'm supposed to teach my children this or how I'm supposed to love my wife in this way or love my husband this way when he's such a jerk. None of the husbands in here. Of course, I'm talking about I'm talking about the husbands out there in other churches. Because <laughs> all of our men are just such godly men. Amen? What are you doing up here? Steve, I'm going to fire you. This is only your third week. I'm going to fire you. My gosh. It's Sunday night. Give me a break. I'm not even on my, no, no, go back up there. Go back up there because y'all give it up for my man, Steve. He's, wow. He'll probably leave here tonight and say, I don't know if I'm going back. 
I got to finish reading this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning, what does it say? With God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the Word. Hear me, church. That is why we have Don't make a commitment to read the Word this year on what I'm reading. Find out for yourself what Holy Spirit is prompting you to do. Whether it's a devotional with Scripture, whether it's the Word of God, somebody, I, I gave a, a, a recommendation to someone and they, they just so sweetly rejected my recommendation and they said, well, we're going to do this. And I smiled and laughed and I said, well, that's a sweet plan you're going to do. It was Jeff and Sandra Sowers. I'll just go ahead and embarrass them right back there. Sandra, I love you, dear. No, Sandra said, you know what? We, we, we think we want to read through the Word chronologically this year. Kirk and I, my brother-in-law, just talked about, you know, the different plans and some of the plans that, that take you through the chronological order of Scripture. And if you've never read it that way, you should try it. It's amazing. But here's the thing. I don't care what you pick. If you want to walk with Jesus and know Jesus, you got to know Jesus through His Word. You got to know him through his word. You got to make a covenant, a commitment. You got to get, you got to get passionate about the word of God to the point where you're not afraid to set your clock and get up 30 or 45 minutes early every day before you do anything else and read the word of God. Now, there are a couple of priorities early morning for most of us. Before you can spend 30 minutes in the Word, you probably need to go to the bathroom. Just throwing it out there. And some of us got to have our coffee. Amen? Or our hot tea. Or whatever, Coke. Some of y'all, Marcy Hansen's probably got to have a glass of iced tea, sweet tea. I think Luke Brantley graduated from the Rock School because he took Miss Marcy's sweet tea when she was assistant principal at the Rock School and just got good grades because of that. <laughs> or something, I don't know. But you know, whatever it is, you want to get to a place where you're not jumping up and rushing out the door saying, tomorrow I'm going to do better. Tomorrow will never show up. We need the Word. Tonight, matter of fact, right now, 15 minutes ago, uh, we are officially, as the Rock of Gainesville, uh, for the next seven days, going to spend a concentrated time in prayer and fasting. From 6 o'clock tonight, which was 15 minutes ago, till next Sunday night, we're going to have a second service next Sunday for worship and communion and prayer. And we'll wrap up our seven days of prayer and fasting. Never before in the history of this house in 35 years. This is our 36th January 1 at The Rock. 
I sense we need desperately to hear from God. Some things will only come alive and become clear when you set some things aside so that you're willing to say, God, I'm serious about wanting to hear your voice. Tomorrow morning, this seven days of prayer and fasting, we're going to have a service Wednesday night. Prayer and worship, prayer, declaring some things as a people. And then next Sunday night, we will wrap up. But starting tomorrow morning at 6.15, we're going to have five days of corporate prayer from 6.15 to 7. For anybody that can come. If you don't have small children at home, husbands and wives, I encourage you, get up and come. I have not been able to make it early morning prayer for three years. I felt compelled by Holy Spirit that he would give me the strength and the ability starting in the morning to be here all this week. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because I need to be here. And two, I'm calling the men of this house. You love your family, you love your wife, you love your kids. Get up, come stand in agreement to pray for them, to seek God's face for what you don't know is coming down the road. If you can make it, I encourage you to make it. If you can make it every morning, I encourage you to make it every morning. If you can only make it once, then come. Saturday morning, what time? Saturday morning, we will wrap up our early morning prayer, praying specifically over our families at nine o'clock. Most of you don't work on Saturdays. Some of you might have to change some sporting events, but I encourage you to bring your family, bring your children and come and pray. Let us pray with you. Let us pray for you. Let us pray over you with your children. We're not praying to twist God's arm. We're praying for God to help change our hearts, our minds, to prepare us for the day ahead. I have so much more. Matter of fact, my other two passages of Scripture that I had hoped to get to and knew that I wouldn't was Genesis chapter 3. Verse 1 through 19, I'll pick that up next Sunday morning. And then John chapter 10. Because I want to talk a little bit about from what Scripture is warning us and preparing us for, for the day that we're living in, in 2023. And why so many of us face struggles and battles that really, without the Holy Spirit, we will not walk in victory. We have to come to grip with what Holy Spirit is preparing us for to fight for our nation and our country. If your head is not stuck in the sand and you have an inkling of an idea of what's happening in the place called America, with our government, with our medical, with COVID, with disease, with the battles we're facing, and the battles that are coming. The battles that are here that we don't even yet 
fully understand. God's word has something to say about all of it. So we don't have to be afraid. But we have to be enlightened. We have to come to grip with I need God in these days and hour and time. And as fathers over our homes, we will give an account to the Father. Matter of fact, when you read Genesis 1, Genesis 2, when God creates woman out of man, responsibility. When you read about the battle that took place when Adam and Eve had been told by God, the earth is yours. Multiply it and fill it and take dominion and rule. Just one tree in the whole of the earth, in the middle of the garden, just one tree. You got to leave that tree alone. You having some struggles today in your life? Thank Adam and Eve. Adam tried to blame it on that woman God gave him. Eve tried to blame it on the serpent. And the serpent, well, he was what he was. You have any idea how much that affects who you are today and what we are today and what we're called to? Significant. And we can continue to play the blame game or we can come to grip with what God's word has to say for us right here, right now, in this time. We serve a great God. Let me close by trying to get y'all back up out of the few. Some of y'all look like, wow, oh, I know why those other folks didn't come on Saturday night. I didn't know it's going to be this heavy. Not heavy. To those of you that know more about what Fox News has to say than what God's Word has to say, it's time to rearrange that. To those of you that know more about the sporting events that are going on in our world right now, whether it's your team or not, then you know about God's Word. Got to come to grip with how important that Word is. Get a hold of God's Word. I love what my friend who doesn't get to go to church like this had to say to me on a text yesterday. And he said, PG, no matter what we're going through, our God is faithful. Our God is faithful. And he is keeping us and protecting us and watching over us and his word is alive in my family 
I want that same passion for his word in us that are Americans. Amen? And I believe it begins with us. When I say with us, I mean with the house of the Lord. God's people, God's children, God's family. So if you're not afraid, come back next Sunday morning. And I want to get to my actual message. The rest of it was appetizers. But I believe that there is a stirring that the Lord wants us to do in our own lives. Don't wait for God to stir you. Paul said to his young Timothy, stir up. Take responsibility yourself. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the promise. I thank you for your word that is powerful and mighty and good. I thank you that your word separates us from the darkness of the world that we live in. And your word shows us how mighty and awesome and great you are. Your word brings revelation, inspiration, instruction, conviction. Help us, oh God, where we have failed in the past. Forgive us. Help us to make fresh new commitments to the word of God so that we are hungry and thirsty for that word to work in us, to do and to accomplish everything that it was meant to do. Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we honor you. And as we open up this word tomorrow, tonight, the day after and the day after, God, through your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring clarity to our minds. Let the scales come off of our eyes and let us, Father, have a renewed hunger and thirst for the things of God. Let us as parents not excuse a way that our children are too young and help us to make a fresh covenant and commitment to read the word to our children every single day, to ask them questions and let there be the beginning of a stirring inside of them to hunger to know God. We're believing, Father, 2023 is going to be a year of fullness completeness in the midst of whatever is going on in this dark world that we live in that your light is going to shine bright through your children so I pray over this house this family this people finish that that you've begun in us I pray in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.